Hey everybody, welcome back to Discover Spring Ford. I'm standing in front of Max Out Strength Studio located in the Limerick Square Shopping Center. Today I'm sitting down with one of the owners of this studio, Matt Kubler. In addition to owning this studio, he's also a police officer, published author, podcast host, and professional speaker. And I can't wait for you to hear his story. I'm Jeff Desiato, a professional actor, part-time realtor, and transplant to the Spring Ford area. And I'm on a mission to find the best that Spring Ford has to offer. I'll be interviewing local business owners, civil servants, and other prominent members of the community to find out what makes Spring Ford a great place to live, work, eat, and explore. I invite you to join me on my journey as I discover Spring Ford. I'm here with Matt Kubler, a man of many endeavors, all of which I hope we cover today. So Matt, thanks for uh, for finding us a location uh, at last minute. So uh, I'm excited to have you on Discover Spring Ford. I'm excited to be on. I've followed your show a lot. I think it's an amazing show. What you're doing for the community is just, you know, there's not a lot of people that are uh, out there promoting Spring Ford. Yeah. And, you know, if you know Mayor Jenna, she's always yes. out on social media promoting Spring Ford. So it's cool to have... Um, someone taking up that with you. Thank you. appreciate it. And I paid him to say that before we started, just so you guys know. Um, and if you'd like to watch Mayor Jenna's episode, it's season one, episode 18 uh, on Discover Springboard. Sorry, always got to get the plugs in there for people who may be tuning in um, for the very first time, because I know you, you've started to develop a rather large following, which I'd love to talk to you about uh, as we continue. But to start, uh, for those a few people that are watching Discover Springford that may not know who you are, why don't you give us a little bit of your origin story um, and tell us a little, and that'll naturally steer us into the various things that you're involved in right now. Well, thank you again. Um, I'm Matt Kubler, born and raised in Pottstown. I'm 48. I'm currently a police officer in uh, Collegeville Borough. Um, I'm also the co-founder of Max Out Strength Studio and Max Out Equipment. Um, I'm the father of Rebecca Kubler, who is a senior at Bloomsburg University, All-American swimmer. Um, and my son, Andrew, who is a junior at Springport High School, uh, married to the love of my life, Lauren. I've uh, been married for 22 years, and uh, every day I'm thankful that she said yes. <laughs> um, but I started my career as a cop in Royersford um, in 1993. And um, if everybody remembers the tornado that came through and uh, devastated the Hamlet development, it first came through Royersford Borough, and I was on duty that night. And my police car was actually picked up and carried a couple blocks and dropped on Main Street. Wow. Um, so that's my my <laughs> first year as a cop in, in Royer's Ford Borough. Um, that's kind of how I uh, became known as a police officer. And you know, I've been a cop for 26 years and spent a little time after 9-11 as a federal air marshal. Um, after 9-11, due to the, obviously, the hijackings of the plane and became a counterterrorism expert. And after 2006, I decided... My time and that was over, and uh, I needed to be more of a father and a husband, and uh, I came home and became a cop locally at Collegeville. That's great. Yeah, that's a, probably not the ideal way to put yourself on the map is for your car to be moved yeah. a couple blocks in a tornado. Were you, were, were you in the car at the time? I was. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. <laughs> I can imagine. There's not always that much excitement in Royers Ford, but... Yeah, that, that's definitely something. I know people still talk about the flood, which I think was in yep. 1972. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, yeah, for a small town like Royers Ford, which is on the rise, um, yeah, when those type of events happen, they really, <laughs> I'm sure people talk about them for a very long time. Yeah, and especially one that was so traumatic to the to the community. Yeah. Um, just, uh, it's a shame yeah. that, that someone had to, to die in that event. But it was one of those things that brought the community together. Everybody yeah. sort of rallied 
and helped everybody. So that was one of those. It's kind of like a nine eleven ish. Yeah, feel I was just thinking the same got thing as you said and that. Helped everybody. So yeah, I was talking to somebody about that personally. Just everybody has the story, obviously, of where they were, what they were doing. Um, but the one, I guess, there isn't very many positives to take out of a situation like that. But I remember the thing I remember distinctly was I was on a SEPTA bus going to work. I was seventeen at the time, and. Uh, Everyone was talking to each other. People that would normally, and this was in Philadelphia, and everybody is, you know, keeping to themselves, and nobody talks to each other. That event brought people to, you know, didn't matter what race, color, creed, religion, all that stuff didn't matter anymore because it was all about like we were in this together. So um, that's one thing that I've found really cool about doing this show is meeting people like yourself who are also very committed locally and then also have ventures that are reaching far beyond. Um, but keeping the roots here, uh, you know, being in, in Royers Ford as your starting point and still here, um, even as you start to pursue these other things. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about, um, outside of, um, law enforcement, um, we have the, the training studio. How did that come about originally? That's a long story, yeah. <laughs> but we'll try to keep it brief. Okay. So Jason Griggs, who is my business partner and I, um, Jason owns Griggs Properties on Main Street and Royers Ford. Um, <laughs> We bought a business that yeah. we knew nothing about during a recession. <laughs> Not something I, I highly recommend to anybody. Yeah, right. <laughs> so 2009, we bought um, Max Out, which was a business that was founded in the uh, Florida area. The technology was actually invented at the University of Florida. Long story short, the inventor took it public after um, a certain period of time with the patents and failed miserably oh, wow. um, down in Florida. So we had heard about it, and I went down and worked out on it. And puked after 12 repetitions and I said whatever that is I'm in and uh borrowed a lot of money and uh Jason and I bought the company and moved it up to Pennsylvania rebranded it um, made a lot of changes to the technology itself which had lost the patent was already expired when we bought it it just expired and we'd made some improvements to it and we at one point in time thought about franchising um, and, and the beautiful and sad part about being a an entrepreneur during a recession right is that you know absent um, the funding? Right. It's very easy to fall yeah. short. Um, thankfully, um, Jason believed enough in me and, and us as a as a team that he kept everything moving and um, through a lot of hardships and a lot of down periods um, to where we are now, where we we have three new patents. We wow. own uh, a new piece of technology that we partnered with Pittsburgh Steelers with. Oh, cool. Um, that allows us to do with a thing that we've dreamt about doing since 2009 <laughs> that we never really got on track to doing, but I think you have to go through those low periods and stumble in the areas that you thought you were supposed to be in before you actually see where you're supposed to go. Right. And uh, you know, absent Jason's belief in, in us and the, the ability to keep it um, funded, we would have been closed a long time ago. Yeah. But uh, you know, the work we do locally with the student athletes, with everyday people, with people with neurological and neuromuscular disease, um, that's the part that what we do, we always knew was great. Right. How we ran the business wasn't always great. Yeah. How, how we made or lost money wasn't always great. But what we did as an actual process of what we do on a daily basis inside of there is amazing. And, uh, you know, we're, we're very proud of all the kids that have come through our system that have gone on to become great and the rest of their life and are healthy and strong and have good practices and people that come to us who are, are injured or had a stroke or ALS or MS or whatever the case might be, we're helping them stay healthy and uh, 
given them a sense of hope that they didn't have before because they were told they couldn't get any better. Wow. They couldn't have a new normal. And that normal was always going to be worse than the normal they were just at. Yeah. So when you create that for somebody and you see that hope in their eyes and you see their their excitement when, you know, I've, one of my stroke clients, former Marine, I guess he's always a Marine. They yeah. say. He's never <laughs> yeah. former. He's never former, yeah. Um, one of the things that, that he noticed that it's just so simple, but he was laying in bed next to his wife and he used to have to have her help him get the covers off because he couldn't use his one leg, which is his outside leg, yeah. to kick the cover off so he could get himself out of bed. Mm. And after a couple months of training, he was able to move his leg and kick the covers off. Wow. And just those simple things like that. And you're like, dude, that's a life-changing moment. Yeah, he doesn't have to wake his wife up. Right. You know, the pride that you have as a Marine and then as a man, you don't want to have to ask for help all the time. And right. just to get out of bed, he needed to ask for help. Yeah, it's and things that we take for granted. Every day. Yeah. And those are the cool parts. Yeah. And that's the stuff that um, I'm most proud of with Max. And even though we're, we're on to great things with making this new device and selling it, and it's the... The journey, yeah. I'm sure you've heard this a lot, is yeah. that the journey, the, the highs, the lows, the, the good, the bad, the ugly, that makes achieving what you knew was potentially there, that, that's the amazing part. Right. And every person that we've helped along the way, every student athlete that we've mentored through there, you know, we have a mentorship program that we that started in there and that actually started my speaking career. So, yeah, that's awesome. You know, helping kids work through their problems and then going into schools. And, and trying to teach it in the schools was was really the beginning of, of the whole speaking career. Yeah, so. that's a great transition. Um, this guy knows what he's doing because he's got a podcast as well, which all that information will be below. Um, but um, tell us a little bit about that. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? That moment, that like uh, that origin where that that seed of an idea started to take fruition in terms of like, okay, like I have something to say. Um, there's a lot of people that. They, you know, and that's one thing I really like to focus in on the stories of, of the people that we interview on Discover Springboard, especially, is the moment where it goes from, I would love to do that, to I'm going to do that, because that's where I think people, most people, their their great dreams die yeah. at that cliff of, uh, you know, before you're going to take the leap to actually do it. So tell us so, a little bit about how that started. Well, and actually, we're going to have to go back a little bit before. Okay, but, um, that's fine. We'll so <laughs> I. Uh, I grew up in Potsdam, yeah. and I had an older brother named Andy who was autistic and had um, a severe stutter. And unfortunately, he was killed in a car accident in 1989 oh, wow. when I was 18, and he was 21. And that moment when he died sent me on a spiral. Hmm. Um, depression, and now you know, looking back on it and knowing what PTSD is, that's what I had. Right. You know, a lot of people want to associate that with just the military or or you know, law enforcement or, or some sort of combative environment, when the reality is it's just your brain can't handle a trauma. Yeah. And mine couldn't, because it never in my life that I envisioned not having my brother in my life. Right. So it, it just sort of, it knocked me for a loop. And a month after he died, I went in the Army. So I didn't really have any grieving time, so to speak. Um, but that started this whole process for me. So going through that 13-year period, which is a long time, you know, I met my wife, married my wife, had my daughter, um, I went through a lot of really momentous occasions that I didn't have in, any ability to feel the wow. joy from and because I was just in this cycle of, of depression. So <clears throat> going through that and then coming out the other side, as I did in 2002, was kind of like the, the beginning of this process of becoming who I am today. In 2002, I had a moment, and I call it God's grace, and yeah. you know, people may not believe in God to me. I do. Yeah. I had a moment of God's grace where he allowed me to forgive myself and allowed me to see 
um, that what happened to my brother wasn't something to be angry about or something to be celebrated because he lived. Yeah. And, and those are things that I began to embrace and understand. And the, the, the day that I was shown God's grace, I, I was actually given a quilt um, made out of my brother's clothes by my wow. grandmother who lives on 7th and Chestnut <laughs> um, in Royersford. So, amazing. And she used to be a secretary at the high school. Okay. And just a little tie into that, the women who worked with my grandmother at the high school were the ones that made the quilt. Oh, wow. Um, so there's a very strong Royers Ford, Spring Ford component to yeah. this gift. That That's the shirt that he yeah. wore. These are his bandana. He always had a bandana in his pocket like to blow his nose. Yeah. Um, this was from a pair of shorts. That was, these were his work shirt. And the Andy was his name tag. Wow. On the, uh, his work shirt. That's so cool. That quilt sort of was the first thing I ever had that was my brother's yeah. that I could touch and, and had like a tangible connecting connection to. And that night I went down and I wrote 26,000 words of memories um, over about nine hours um, with the quilt in my lap, just crying and writing and about my brother. And when you, when people read my book, which is what I'm getting to, yeah. they say that the memories seem so clear is because those were written that night. Like it was just, I had this, this dump, this emotional wow. dump and the ability to, to relive my life in those nine hours was such a cathartic and healing process for me. Yeah. So when I came up that, that next morning, I had 26,000 words of memories. And I called my mother, who's a retired English teacher, and I said, what do I do with that? <laughs> she said, you write a book. And I'm not proud of this, but the only yeah. book I had read until that moment was Animal Farm in ninth grade. Yeah. <laughs> it was the only book I read cover to cover. Um, I was a complete BS artist in high school. I could yeah. <laughs> read the first and last chapter of every book, the dust cover, and the yeah. and sort of figure out the rest. And uh, so, long story short, I ended up beginning the writing of a book. Wow. And so, I wrote a brother's of uh, a brother's love a memoir um, over about a four year period. And in 2006, I self published that. Wow. And uh, that started this process. Yeah. So I started to um, you know, obviously do like book signings and people would buy books and people in churches and groups would want me to come and talk about the book and, and I started to tell my brother's story and our life story together and that created this understanding of what it means to live and what does life mean and why do we live the life that we live and what's life for and right. like all these questions that are the, the sure. big questions everybody asks and I started to ask them to myself and it was being revealed throughout this process and the, the life that I was living was meant for service so I needed to be a servant, and I needed to go and continue to help people in whatever capacity I could help people with. And that started with Max Out, with this desire to own a business, which I'd never yeah. wanted to own in my <laughs> entire life. I never thought about owning a business. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm a business owner, and I'm training people. I did, had no background in fitness. <laughs> None. I mean, yeah. I, I lifted weights and worked out, but yeah. I, was, I had no Just expertise. Just for your own personal, and, yeah. And here I am running a gym training people with the technology no one's ever seen or heard of and a workout program no one's ever tried. <laughs> and we built it out of nothing. Yeah. And, and as we became proficient in what we were doing, we realized it was really cool. Yeah. And then as we found out what we were doing on the phys physical side, especially when we had kids in, kids were finding out that what we were saying was going to happen actually happened. Hmm. And then they started to trust. Right. And then that trust built into things outside of fitness questions and right. Just, you know, you're there for an hour. A lot of talking yeah. happens. So, I mean, and that's, I think that's with any personal trainer and client relationship. There's right. a lot of connectivity. Sure. And I saw it as a way for me to serve children and help kids 
through their, their troubles. So I created this mentorship program at Max Out. Um, and I, it was great. It was amazing. Had a lot of success. And then the problem was I was thinking, how am I limiting myself to four walls mm. when the people that may not be able to afford to come to Max Out aren't getting any of this? Right. Now, granted, the kids I'm helping are amazing, but I, there's so much more I could be doing. Mm -hmm. So I took it outside of Max Out and went into Springford Middle School. And, um, Bill Rasich, God rest his soul, who was the, the head of the PE department and was the head wrestling coach at Ursinus, passed away a couple years ago. And um, he gave me the opportunity to go in and, and talk to the 7th and 8th grade during their health class. Wow. And I did that for six years. Oh, um, yes. And I just loved sharing. Yeah. I shared my brother's stories. We did anti-bullying. We did leadership. We did all kinds, you know, mentorship. Like, how do you solve life's problems yeah, when you're right. 13? And that was kind of my mission. <clears throat> and I was doing it on my time and for free, and I thought that that was what I was supposed to be doing. And, yeah. and I found out I ran out of time. Yeah, right. <laughs> As everyone, right. Yeah, so, everyone does at, at some point when you're taking on so many different things. And I lost, I lost the value of time. Yeah. And, and I couldn't. <clears throat> expand any farther mm. because I was then stealing right. from other things that needed my attention as yeah. well. And uh, that's when I decided that I had to make speaking something that had value as far as mm. a financial value so that I wasn't stealing right. from something else that was providing a financial resource sure. that I needed to help my family. So, yeah. um, and that was, I struggled with that yeah. a lot. Yeah, I, I was at this like, prayer crossroad where I'm like, God, am I supposed to be charging people to help them? Like, right. that's not what I've ever done in my entire life. I've, everything I've ever done has been from the goodness of my heart and helping people. Am yeah. I supposed to be doing this? And then someone told me that, um, and I don't, I don't necessarily 100% agree with it because I do believe there is, I'm not wired for money. Like right. my brain doesn't work. My, I don't have desires for massive wealth and right. all this. That's just not who I am. But somebody said that you can't fill someone else's cup if your cup is always empty. Yeah. And, and that made sense to me on, yeah. on a level to where I, I was, I felt empty. Yeah. Because I was always exhausted. I was always giving 110% and I just felt I should be giving more and I couldn't take any more yeah. from anything. Right. <laughs> and so I, I felt, I felt very conflicted, but then I also made a promise that I wasn't going to become a professional speaker and quit everything and turn this into a profession. Like sure. that wasn't what this was for. Right. It's turning into that somewhat. Yeah. Um, but I'm not, I never want to be just a speaker. Yeah. <laughs> like that's just, something going on. It yeah. has to be more than that. Yeah. Um, so that's how it all started. That's how I got into the schools. That's how I started speaking. And but it all started with my brother. That's incredible. That's a great story. Thank you so much for sharing it. Um, and, you know, if anybody is interested, the book is available on Amazon. Amazon. Uh, everywhere. Pretty much everywhere. Yeah. So that's that will definitely put the links to that as well for people. Yeah. I'm just moved just hearing the story because a lot of... Um, what you shared, uh, you know, I've, I've gone through different types of things, but a lot of the, like the thoughts that you shared that you were wrestling with in the midst of these uh, extenuating circumstances, I feel like a lot of people can relate to because it may be, you know, different window dressing in terms of like, you know, it may have not been a brother who passed away, but it may have been a cancer diagnosis mm -hmm. or it may have been um, a parent or um, the loss of a child or something like that. But we all kind of, we all bleed the same, I guess is the famous saying. Um, and just to hear you kind of uh, articulating the mental process and the emotional process that you went through. I've been through similar situations where I've had crossroads in life. And um, and I, I kind of, you know, 
I'm on the other side of it now as well, and it's just really encouraging to hear you using those things. Um, I feel the same way in a lot of ways. I, I you know, I, I, I have my hands in many different things, and uh, you know, when I got, well, I was chasing my my dream and, and essentially got it. I didn't want to stop doing all the other stuff that I had been that helped me get there, right. kind of a thing. And I still wrestle with that. I, so it's so cool that you say that because you know there are stepping stones, but then you're kind of like, well, I don't want to just like cut cut out everything that helped me get to this point. So the fact that you still, you know, want to continue to, to have your hands in, in, in the things that helped you become the man that you are, I think will only make you a better resource, a better speaker, because you're not going to become detached or out of touch with what's happening on the ground in the day-to-day aspect of life. So yeah, kudos to you for that. Cause mm-hmm. I, I think that that is, that's huge. And you know, there may come a day where it's just not feasible anymore. And, um, but your desire, I think, will be the, the thing that, that makes it stand out. Because there are a lot of people, especially nowadays, and in the social media culture, I recognize that this show is built on social media, so I'm not criticizing it. But uh, where we have, like, 22-year-old life coaches, and, like, you know, you kind of are like, all right, well, like, what, what can, I'm 35 and have had this, this, and this happen to me. You're in your parents' basement, no offense. But uh, how are you going to teach me about how to live life? And, and so there's, like, very much a uh, kind of a huckster kind of thing happening as well. And to have someone share from a genuine place of truth and honesty uh, is refreshing. So thank you. I really appreciate that. And hopefully you guys appreciate it as well. So tell me a little bit about what um, is going on in terms of the speaking. Uh, we could talk a little bit about the podcast, which mm-hmm. I also want to um, encourage people to check out two dates in a dash, mm-hmm. uh, which is a great, uh, just a great, a title for what it sounds like is what, what's most important to you, which is how do we live that life that we're meant to live at the dash between the two dates on the tombstone. Yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on currently with the speaking and, and the podcast. So the speaking is, uh, I don't, I don't seek out mm. gigs. Yeah, I don't. Um, and that's part of my commitment to myself to where I wasn't going to become, you know, the, the speaker world for those that don't know, <clears throat> and you kind of touched on it is very uh, superficial in its presentation mm-hmm. in on social media and in websites, and everybody's an expert, everybody's a this, everybody's a that, and um, I could easily brand myself into some level of expertise in many different areas because I do have a lot of experience in my life, but I don't ever believe that um, it's like a nickname. Yeah, you can't give yourself a nickname. Right, someone's got to give it to you. Yes, yeah, right? sure. Yeah, I don't believe an expert title or being the best at anything is something that you tell you other people that you are, it's what other people tell you that you are. Mm. Um, if you're the best at something, people are going to ask you for it, and people will know. And so that's kind of how I live my life. I, I don't, um, I'm a horrible salesman, <laughs> horrendous salesman. Um, I don't do well at valuing my time as far as placing a dollar value on it. Yeah. Um, I, I fall for the puppy eyes, Yeah. <laughs> and I'll give free 99% of the time, Yeah. more so than I charge. Um, and that's not really good when you're in a service business like being a personal trainer. Yeah. Or you know, I'm always there's always some level of free happening in my world. So and I'm I'm proud of that, to yeah. be honest with you. Um but the speaker world, I I've made it a very um made a very clear decision that I was never gonna seek out like I'm not gonna apply for speaking gigs at this con this conference or that or I'm just never gonna do that. Um I will tell people that I'm available to speak. Yeah. And this is what I talk about. Um, I'm not for everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go into a room full of alpha males and try to convince them um, 
that I'm the best at anything. Right. Um, I share my brother's story. I talk about how um, his life and the journey I've been on since he died has impacted me and what I do in my life to be the best version of me that I can. And if that's something people want to hear about, then hire me to come speak. I talk about my faith. I talk about how I struggled with it. I talk mm-hmm. about how I hated God for 13 years, and um, I, I veered away from, from all of it. Yeah. Um, I talk about how I abused alcohol as a way of numbing mm-hmm. um, all of it. I, I talk about my grace that I went through and, and when the quilt was given to me. And mm-hmm. I talk about how I've dedicated my life to serving ever since. So if that's something people want to hear, then call me. Yeah. It's, not, it's not hard to find stuff about yeah, right. what I talk about. I'm, <laughs> I'm everywhere on social media with Max out, with my right. podcast, with speaking, with you know, everything. I'm, I'm everywhere. So it's not hard to figure out who I am. Mm. Um, you know, most people know me as a cop that yeah. are from the area. Most people that aren't from Collegeville or Roarsford may not know me as a cop. They may know me as a speaker or sure. a podcast host or Tim Tebow's former bodyguard. Or oh, yeah. you know, like, there's a lot of things people know me as, yeah. and I am all those things, not individually any one of them, but I'm right. all of those things in my life. And so the speaking thing, I just I refuse to um, fall prey to the hustle right. that's required to become well-known as a speaker. Right. I, I just don't. I don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to be that guy that everybody looks at and goes, boy, man, he's out there presenting himself constantly as this, that, and the other. And I just don't want to be that guy. Right. So <laughs> the speaking thing happens intrinsically. It happens um, organically. People will bring me in because they heard me speak at something else, and they'll call me and say, I'd love to have you come yeah. speak here. I do a lot of churches. I do a lot of civic groups. I speak at a lot of uh, schools, um, youth groups. I spoke at the PA Free Enterprise Week. Um, last month, um, 600 kids. And, wow. Um, so I, I, those are all just references and, and people calling. So the speaking thing will sort of just happen as it happens when right. it happens. Yeah. And, um, and I'm happy with that. Yeah. And the podcasting, um, <clears throat> we talked about it before the show. I didn't yeah. know what a podcast was <laughs> until 2018. Um, I don't sit and listen to things. I'm, you know, I'll listen to sports radio on the way, right. driving to work for the seven-minute drive it is from Roseford to Collegeville. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's about it. And I listen to Oldies 98. So, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm a pretty simple guy. Um, but the podcasting thing happened when I found out that in order for me to at least get people to know my name and what I do in the speaking world um, and my brother's story, and they really share that because I do believe that the more people that hear my brother's story, the more impacted they will be. Um, just in appreciating the value of life sure. and, and the the journey and the highs and the lows and just knowing that where you are is where you're supposed to be at that moment. Mm. And um, the more times I get to share that, the better. <laughs> yeah. So I started doing as a guest on podcasts in 2018 and realized that it's not rocket science. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So And I do enjoy sharing stories. And uh, But I wanted to do a show that wasn't about me, mm. that I don't really talk much. Yeah. And that I just let people share however long and however much they want to share. And uh, so I created Two Dates and a Dash based on um, the poem The Dash that I first heard when I was working with Tebow. Um, he used that one a lot in a lot of his speeches. And it always just resonated with me that, you know, your life is made up of two dates and a dash. And what you do with the dash is important. Yeah. And if people spent more time thinking about why they live their lives and what their value is they're bringing to the world... And, and what their legacy is going to be when they pass, because hmm. ultimately we all will. There's no changing that. Yeah. Right. And I was at a, I spoke at a sales 
a company that does sales marketing stuff, and I was their keynote speaker. And um, the CEO of the company actually had a really cool quote. He said, you know, he had heard that you die twice, once when you take your last breath and the second time when your name is spoken for the last time. And and I don't ever want my name to ever not be spoken. Like, I want people to remember me just like I want people to remember my brother forever. Like, that's why I wrote a book. So it's forever. There's no changing that. That book will always be available for somebody to read. And um, once you put it out into the universe like that, it's real. Mm. And um, the podcast is designed to highlight people that are doing that. You know, I've had moms who've lost their child to an opioid overdose to Kurt Schilling to Mickey Ward, Vince Papali mm. to Everyday Joes to you know anybody that's got a compelling story. And it really doesn't matter if you're famous or rich or have a great business. If you've got a story that you're willing to tell and you share it authentically the way you feel it needs to be shared, I'm, my show's for you. Yeah. Um, and that's that's the beauty of the show. I asked one question. If you were my guest, who was Jeff? You know, however you answer that. And the reason I, and just to give you a little side note, when yeah. I, as a cop, you know, when we're investigating a crime, we don't know who did it. We don't right. know all the details. Sure. So we try to get people to relax and open up by asking them broad questions. And it always starts with one. It's usually like, where were you on this date? Yeah, right. <laughs> and it's depending on how their brain's working and how they answer it. So for me, I ask one question. I let... I can have an opinion on what you do based on what mm-hmm. I see on the, the videos and, and sure. your social media presence, but who you think you are is completely different than what I may believe you are. Right. And how you believe in yourself is, is what I want for the show, not my mm-hmm. preconceived notion as to who you are. And Kurt Schilling, for an example, I had him on for an hour and two minutes, and we spent six minutes talking about baseball. Wow. And that was an amazing time. I mean, I, Granted, I would love to hear more about the bloody sock. Yeah, right. <laughs> but and he said he's coming back on in October. So oh, that's so cool. But I heard about the man. Yeah. And and is whatever people think about Kurt Schilling, go watch that podcast because you'll learn so much more about the human being. Yeah. And what goes into his brain. And granted, he's outlandish on a lot of different yeah. things. But he's a his his belief in his family and his children and um, this country. Those are all things that you could really sense from that interview. And that's right. what I want the show to be about. Right. I want people to just share who they are. And uh, and I think that's kind of what you're doing here. Yeah, you know, Just sure. having a conversation. And, and I appreciate That's why, you know, when anybody asks me that, as long as I, we can talk. And right. it's not, you didn't hand me seven questions we're going to discuss. Yeah. And and then it went after the seventh one. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, right. Like, that's that's, what, <laughs> I was just, we were talking about that beforehand. Right. Like, that also creates consternation for me when I have people on who aren't comfortable <laughs> doing something like this. Um you're like, wait, what? I, I'm not, you're not going to prep me? And I'm like, no, we're just going to talk like normal people. And, uh, you know, it, it works uh, that, you know, coming in to talk to somebody who is comfortable. I mean, not comfortable promoting themselves, but comfortable having a conversation and getting down to what really matters. So it's just funny. Like, it works that I don't prepare that way and you don't like that. So right. <laughs> it's been a good marriage here it's so awesome. Far. I love it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, one of the things you said, the quote, uh, it reminded me of a Mark Twain quote, which uh, is kind of like the, the flip side. It's a, the two most important days in a person's life are the day they're born and the day they find out why. Um, that's awesome. And uh, that's kind of, I kind of had a similar moment where I, I had a, like, I kind of felt like I was like sleepwalking through life. And then when I really kind of figured out like what was unique about me and what I, the the reach that I had and the people that I could touch that other, other people couldn't touch um, and how, how God was going to use me to do that. Um, I, I had that kind of like, oh my gosh, like, I feel like I've been like, uh, 
reborn in a, in a sense because I felt that that purpose finally start to take shape and I'm so glad to hear that that you have that and I'm definitely going to be checking out the podcast I've caught a couple but I'm going to be hitting the subscribe button because uh, I would love to hear the different stories and I love the, the fact that there is no um, there's no rhyme or reason essentially no <laughs> yeah like about like uh, we're only going to talk about this person about marketing we're only going to talk about this person about this or they're an expert in this field so we're going to talk to them about that and that's kind of you know that that really um, fits really well. I'm glad you recognize that about what we're doing here. Is, um, I don't want this show to be a commercial right. for a business. I want it to be an opportunity for people to get to know the people in their community that just so happen to own this business. Right. Um, and because I find that when you get to know the person, it doesn't matter what they're selling. You want to help that person, yep. and you want to get to know that person more. And you know. Um, that's been, you know, the amount of connections and relationships that I've built doing this show and hopefully will continue to build. Um, it's been worth the venture just for that reason alone, regardless of how many views or likes or follows. And, um, you know, I wish personally for you that you will be able to continue to, to grow the, the speaking platform. Cause I could definitely sense that that is something that is passionate and something that you were created to do. So I appreciate that. I encourage you in that. <laughs> the purpose thing you mentioned was, is gigantic. Cause yeah. when someone asked me during that 13 year period, when I was just in this rat, this hamster wheel of, of sadness, anger, guilt, pain, sorrow, all those things I was feeling, what I was searching for was what, what now? Yeah. Like, what do I do now that my brother died and you left me alone? And the only thing I knew that I was good at was protecting him. What now? Right. I, I failed miserably because he died, yeah. so therefore I suck. So that's kind of how I, I, I worked it out right. in my head. Right. <clears throat> and what I found was that you know, the military, law enforcement, the service component of what I was doing, I was trying to recreate this protective mm. purpose that I was just, maybe if I do this, that'll make me feel better. Maybe if I do this, that'll make, that'll replace this. And it never did. Right. And, and what I learned after coming out of that is my purpose is now to just share my brother. I protected him for 18 years, and now I get to share him and, cool. and the greatness of who he was and, and the life that he lived. Cause I, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't think he'd... The thing I was most angry about is that at 21, he didn't really get... He was just starting to come into his own, my, in my mind. Yeah. Like he was just starting to get out of the, the weird autistic kid with a stutter. Right. Um, and he was starting to become a man. And, and right. like I was excited, and then he was taken. Yeah. And then I realized that... Every summer, he went to a place called Campanaba, which is out in off of Pewtown Road in one of the Coventries, I think, yeah. East Coventry or South yeah. Coventry. And he worked there every summer uh, for four years. And I found out that the life that my brother had lived there, which was absent from all the school drama, the, the where we lived drama, the family drama, he could just be himself. Right. And they loved him. Yeah. And the people he connected with and the lives that he touched during those summers, I didn't know about. Right. I didn't. I didn't live with that guy. Yeah. <laughs> the guy I, I lived with had all these problems and, and needed me. Yeah. And and it wasn't until later on when I wrote the book and people were telling me after they read the book how how much they missed my brother and how important he was in their life. And these people I'd never met that I realized my brother lived an amazing life. Yeah. Like he didn't die too young. He died exactly when God needed him back. Right. And he wasn't shortchanged. Mm -hmm. I was shortchanged because right. I needed him more. Right. But he lived an amazing life. Yeah. So what was I being angry about? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't need to be angry. Because yeah. that's the thing that I was upset about. Because yeah. I thought, why him, not me? Mm. And uh, when, you can, when you can get past that anger and that, that guilt and, and start to begin to see where the journey you've been 
what all those steps were that you took and how they're all connected. There isn't one individual moment that stands out on its own. They all have a connectivity. Yeah. And when you can get to that point and then see where that all has gotten you and where it can take you, and you see all the different places you can go, that's the fun part. That's what this whole journey is amazing. The, the good days, the bad days, the, the bad calls in the job, the, to ha- delivering a baby. Like those are all amazing <laughs> things that happen, but individually they're not defining me. Yeah. They're all part of this whole part of who makes me me and you yeah. do. And, and that's the fun part. And that's where I'm excited. And that's what doing a podcast or speaking or going to work every day as a cop or being a gym owner. You know? Yeah. <laughs> they all have a component to the excitement level of who is me. Yeah. Well, it's kind of interesting as you were talking about that, like it, the perfect uh, image that just kind of sums it up, I think, is the fact that uh, your grandmother took all of your brother's clothes and made made them into a quill. And the way you just described all the components of life being stitched together and knitted together to make who you are, and that quilt being the defining moment, um, yeah, I think that that is just a great uh, place to, to wrap things up. I agree. So I really appreciate your time. Um, as we close, let people know the easiest way to find um, find you online, social media, um, and how they can reach out to you. We'll have all those links below the video as well, but I let people use the end of the episode just to kind of say their final hello and come check me out kind of a thing. So, Well, my speaker, podcast, book, all that stuff, you can find me at mattkubler.com, M-A-T-T-C-U-B-B-L-E-R.com. That has all my social media links and LinkedIn and all that nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, for Max Out, we have maxoutcourt.com, which has the Strength Studio in Royersford, and then we have maxoutequipment.com, which is our, our manufacturing company um, to talk about our all the stuff we're doing with that. So, Great. That's it. All right. Well, Matt, thank you so much. This was awesome. Thank you. Well, that's all the time we have for today's episode of Discover Spring Forward. I want to thank you for watching, and I also want to thank Matt for sharing his story with us today. If you'd like to know more about Matt's story, you can click the variety of links below to find out about where you can purchase his book and inquire about him coming to speak at an event of yours. If you'd like to support Discover Spring Forward, you can do that by clicking on our Patreon link. That allows you to support us monthly. You can also make a one-time contribution through our PayPal, or you can purchase our merchandise by visiting our store on our website. Thanks again for watching. Come back next time as we discover more of what makes the Spring Forward area a great place to live, work, eat, and explore.